This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up-and-running program, you can access eBay's 180-plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up-and-running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local and sell global. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello, I'm your host, Mario Tonaguzzi, and on today's Calgary's podcast, we have Caitlin Bullock, who is co-founder of Enta Solutions in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, Caitlin. Thanks, Mario. I'm happy to be here. Okay, super. Let's start by uh, just maybe explaining to me what Enta Solutions is and what you guys do. You bet. Um, I'll tell you a bit of a story, actually. It's kind of it's kind of funny how it all came about. So um, I met my business partner, Adam, because I selected him for an audit when I was auditing for a client. So that's how we got we kind of got got to know each other a little bit. And so he he got. Uh, as he says, interrogated, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so that was, that was the start of where, where we really met each other. And, um, we were working on a project for this client and, uh, we had this really difficult project and it was, you know, high profile and, um, the client was very, uh, changing all the time what they needed. Right. And then there was all these different moving parts, subcontractors, contractors, everything. So, we, it was just crazy to get this project up and running smoothly. So finally, we kind of got that rhythm going. And uh, one day, the project manager comes out, and his face is just like white as a sheet. And we say, "What? What's going on?" He goes, "The contractor just cleared an entire football field with the trees in the wrong way." Oh, right. And so we said, you know, and I, at the time, I, I was filling the role of quality lead, and so it goes, Caitlin, you got to figure out what happened, right? So we're looking and talking to people and figuring it out, and that. Uh, it came down to something so simple that in order to meet like a quick change from the client, they had skipped a step in a process. And they didn't understand, like it wasn't even on their radar of how important that step was. Because, you know, it, it just had been, ah, oh, this is what we do kind of thing. No one really understood the why. So that's when Adam and I, uh, my business partner, decided that there's got to be a better way. And there's got to be a way to tie processes back to people and have them understand the why and have them be bought in, right? So we came up with this idea of perceptive systems and we just fell in love with it so much and believed in it so much. We, you know, we stopped what we were doing and we created Enta Solutions uh, to help companies really link their culture, their people into the processes and use those tools that they have to like fit in and get this operational sweet spot, you know, where they were running. So what kind of companies, uh, I guess, would uh, uh, would this resonate with, with what you do? So, I mean, I, every company, one day as they grow, will need processes and procedures. Uh, we really help to focus on those small to medium-sized companies as they're really just starting to develop these things, you know, and uh, a lot of our clients typically have been in the oil and gas, engineering, construction world. Uh, I think that's mostly because it's Calgary, right? So, 
So why, um, uh, you know, maybe you could answer this question is, is why wouldn't a company have something like that in place in-house? Uh, why do they need to go out of the company uh, to get, uh, I get this processes and everything in place? Love it. Great question. Uh, sometimes we ask that as well. Like why? So a lot of times what happens is as companies grow, everybody's wearing multiple hats, right? And so often they, they start to grow and they say, okay, we can no longer just have a conversation over the cubicle or in the office on how to do something. We need to document it and get a process in place. Yeah. And so typically what ends up happening is they throw it at somebody. Here, solve this problem, right? And this person's trying to figure out what the best way is, right? And so they, they come up with something they think is right or they think that's going to be helpful. And, and they're doing the best they can because nine times out of ten, they have a full-time job. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is building these things in a way that really drives business is a lot of work. And so, you know, you're asking somebody to do a full-time job plus another full-time job for a while, right? And so that's really hard. And so what we want to come in and do is help both accelerate that, but bring to the table years and years and years of knowledge with all of our, our contractors that we have that are specialists in certain areas to accelerate that and to alleviate you know, that extra needed resource for a period of time, once it's implemented, it's not so difficult for them to maintain it in-house, but it's getting it off the ground that takes time and effort and and stop companies from having to recycle the same problems over and over again, right? Yeah, I would imagine that uh, uh, money becomes the bottom line in everything, right? As uh, in any decisions that any company makes. So, uh, is that the case that uh, that you, you try to make to companies? Is that you know this impacts your bottom line? Yeah, and and you know that's a really hard case because a lot of these procedures and processes that they put in place are meant to mitigate these risks, like clearing trees in the wrong area, right? So it's hard to say, hey, if you do this, you'll save money down the road. But I think once people understand the power of real business-driven processes, then then they're bought in, right? But getting them to understand that it's not until they've had to put out a few fires or correct things that they really start to buy in. Yeah. How is, um, uh, you know, obviously we've been through a difficult time here, uh, you know, with COVID, but, but also, you know, being in Calgary, uh, you know, the oil price uh, environment. Uh, so it's been tough, tough six years now, uh, you know, basically for the city. How has that impacted what, what you guys do in your business? Yeah, you know, especially like COVID had a huge impact, right? Nobody wanted to spend money. Everybody was kind of wait and see. but there was a bit of a silver lining for us because we were able to work on some of the things that we had dreamt about, but didn't have time to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, so uh, we were able to automate a lot of things and we came up with a really cool platform and solution to be able to provide our services online and in a way where small to medium sized companies where we want to focus can afford it. Right. So we've actually built it in a way where we help, train their people, give them starting starting tools and templates and things to go, and then they get key interfaces with us. So it, it alleviates that typical consultant sits in your office, does all the work, throws it at you kind of scenario, right? Yeah. So that part allowed us to do that. And, you know, we're starting to see movement now, which is nice. But the thing that helps what we do is that 
there's a lot of regulations out there. Like companies have to do this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, even in a downturn, you still have to be compliant to these expectations and client requirements as well as regulatory. And, and it, funny enough, a lot of small and medium sized businesses don't really understand the commitments that they make. You know, um, for a great example is we had a client who was asking me a question. I said, Oh, well, it'll be in this procedure that you have. And they turned around and said, Well, I don't have that procedure. I said, But you should. It's regulation. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Let's get you on board. You know, so. <laughs> do you, do you think, uh, you know, uh, in times like these, when in challenging times and tough times, it's even more important uh, for companies to do stuff like this? You know, that's a great point. There's a lot of efficiencies that, uh, you know, we need to make because times aren't fruitful and, you know, as exciting as they were before, especially in the oil and gas industry where, you know, yeah. people didn't really have to worry about efficiencies or or that kind of thing because it, the companies were all just making money, right? Um, now we have to really look at how we're doing things. I think that's really important as well as there's so much change, Mario, with COVID, with how we're doing business. And we really need to capture that because as we start to ramp up again, what is the process? The processes have changed. So uh, how do you onboard a new person or bring somebody back? Right. Who's maybe been furloughed or on mat leave or whatever. So you need to have those processes in place and they need to be realistic to our new way. Do you know, uh, you know who Jim Gray is? No. Who's Jim Gray? Jim Gray. Okay. And, and for all those listeners out there that uh, don't know, Jim Gray is kind of an iconic, uh, business guy in Calgary, an older uh, gentleman who was part of the oil patch, et cetera. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, a, a videographer, you know, Jeff Bradshaw, he runs a video company in Calgary. He started a website campaign where um, he had snippets from, from different people, including like Mayor Nenshi uh, and, and other community and business leaders talking about uh, getting through in a recession. This was a couple of years back. And Jim Gray, uh, uh, I will never forget what he said. He said, sometimes a recession is good uh, because it forces companies to look at their processes uh, and what they do, why they do it, et cetera. Because in, in the good old days, you know, in the oil patch, you know, companies really didn't care, right? Because they had money coming in like like crazy, flowing like uh, like the, the raging Bull River, right? Flowing into their, right. into their coffers. But, you know, when times are tough, it forces them to luck. Is that what you're, you're seeing today with a lot of companies? Definitely, definitely. People are taking a look at it. And they're they're also taking a look at, like you said, they're not just their processes, but their services, right? If we don't look to embrace change and, and to address the needs as, as the economy changes, as our environment changes, you know, we become obsolete. We become the blockbusters of the world. Yeah, exactly. So what's it like? Uh, what's it like running a business in Calgary these days? In Calgary specifically, I it it's hard right now. Like it, like I found the downturn, it, it's difficult, right? Um, there's just sort of this apprehension still. And I, I was downtown in the plus 15s the other day, and everybody's wearing masks. And by everybody, I mean the total of 20 people that I saw. Yeah, you know, and and that it's just not the hubbub and the energy that used to be downtown. And that and that's um, it's, it's sad. And I guess it's a little bit uh, yeah, disheartening. To, to not see it. And I think that's a couple of, you know, COVID and the downturn of, of oil and gas and 
And so it, it's difficult because you're not out there networking. You're not running into people in the Pleistocene and having those conversations. And that's, it's surprising how much like small business owners like look for those touch points to really connect with people and connect with potential clients and meet people. And, and now it's all digital. So if you don't have a way to reach out to people digitally, you're not doing it. It's funny you mentioned the plus 15. I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine uh, telling me that she, uh, uh, she was talking to um, one of her, her friends who had uh, uh, been laid off from the oil patch. And she told him, just go and walk around the plus 15s. You never know who you uh, run into and et cetera. And it was a great piece of advice because at that time, right, everybody goes through and walking around the, the plus 15s or walking up, up and down Stephen Avenue and, and you run into people. And uh, unfortunately, those connections now are lost because of uh, – you know, the situation we're in, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, as you look forward, uh, as a business owner, what, what do you think some of the biggest lessons, uh, from a business standpoint is, uh, is that we've learned through this pandemic? I think to really the biggest thing is, you know, embrace change. And, and have a look. So, you know, I talked about being able to change our services to digital. We also changed our marketing and our dynamic to digital, you know, and so many companies didn't have to do that before. Like we talked about, oh, you run into people in the plus teams, oh, you know your client base, but so much is changing. So many people are either getting acquired or merging or dissolving through this that your client base is changing. So if you don't have a way to to change yourself and be dynamic, like that is so key. And and really looking internal and and not only the processes, but your own business strategy, right? And checking in on a regular basis. Because it so much we talk about process. So much of process is all oh, we do this annually. Yeah. Annual's not good enough anymore, guys. Like you gotta be looking at this stuff. The world is changing so fast. That you're going to miss the boat if you only check in annually, whether that's business strategy meetings, performance reviews, you know, looking at your processes. If you're looking at them annually, guess yeah. what? <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. You can let, be left behind very quickly, right? Yeah. So we need to look at our processes. We need to check in more regularly than we ever had before. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses. Go to eBay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business. How difficult is that? You know, uh, if, if especially let's drill it down to a small business owner that may just have a handful of staff, right? That small business owner, uh, they're busy doing their business, right? And, uh, you know, so, so how difficult is them, is it for them uh, to take that time away from whatever, say they're the chef of a restaurant and, and to do this other part? It's hard. It's, it's hard because it's what we like to talk about is you've got the whirlwind, right? The whirlwind is your day-to-day. You're putting out fires. You're running the business. You're doing stuff. And, and small business owners are typically wearing three different hats as far as rules go. You know, they're busy. But it's it's a matter of setting aside a very specific amount of time. And it doesn't have to be much. And, and typically when you're looking at business strategy, you're setting aside, once you've decided what, what your focus is in, in your strategy, you're setting aside 15 minutes weekly. What did we accomplish? What are our obstacles? And what's next? And that's it. And like, but if you don't 
clear that 15 minutes out of your whirlwind, it just sits on the back burner. It sits. Oh yeah, I wanted to do it, but you've got to be committed. Yeah, you know, I, I really, this resonates with me as well, right? Because I, I have my own little uh, small uh, business company, I have my communications company. And, um, you know, I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine, he's an artist, like a painter, right? And uh, and, and quite famous, actually, in Calgary. But but I remember him telling me, he said, Mario, I've got two jobs. And, and, I, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, first of all, I'm the, I'm the artist. That's that's my bread and butter. But the second part of it is is the business side of, of that, right? So I have to do my marketing. You know, I have to, you know, you know, I'm a salesman too, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't truly understand that until I did it on my own, right? And and set up my own little company and, and go, holy smoke, you know, I, he was right. And do you think a lot of the small business owners don't understand that or, or uh, that? They really have to compartmentalize and make sure that certain parts of their, uh, I guess, the roles uh, are taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's so valuable. A lot of us entrepreneurs start a business because we love our offering. Yeah. Not because we're good at business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So, I mean, you have to understand, like, you're, you're a business. Whether you're a one-man show, a 10-man show, or a 100-man show, you still have all of these department, right? Marketing, sales, human resources, like IT. When you become a business owner, you're wearing all those hats and until you hire somebody to hand that hat off. And this is where processes are so important is that I have an idea the way I want it done. So when I hand that hat off, how do I communicate my expectations, right? And then as all of these get handed off to different people, like how do you communicate how you want it done so that you're confident as the business owner to look up out of being in the business so you can work on the business. So, so with all the challenges that are out there, especially today uh, for being an entrepreneur, why do you like being an entrepreneur? You know, that, that's a great question. There is a lot of challenges. Um, Wouldn't it be easier to get a job where somebody else is just paying you and you just go to the office and that don't have to worry about anything else? And you got your money coming in, you got your benefits coming in, done. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a lot easier. In fact, my husband reminds me how much easier it would be if I did that <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> I think about it from time to time as well. <laughs> uh, honestly, it comes down It comes down to just this passion. I really believe in being able to work with, with other businesses and help them succeed. We believe that the whole is is greater than the sum of its parts. And when you get a company working in that operational sweet spot, man, it's explosive what you can do. And just being able to see that change yeah. is, I mean, that's what, it's what fuels me. And, and it's a passion. It's a passion to see that and believe that, that we can help other businesses succeed and create an atmosphere in a company where people can't wait to plug in. That's how I feel every day. I can't wait to plug in and like start my day. And, and so it's just, it's been really exciting. And I think one of the things that has been so important you know, most entrepreneurs are doing it alone. And I started, I started answering with my, my business partner. And that has been so valuable to have somebody to collaborate with, to have somebody like when I'm down, he, I, I, you know, talks me off the ledge, vice versa. We, we build each other up and support each other. And as difficult as partnerships can be, like it has been so valuable to really taking it to the next level and being able to 
keep the passion going. So, so do you recall any best piece of entrepreneurial advice that you've ever received? Best piece of advice for being an entrepreneur? That, oh, for me, I think the best piece of advice I would give is connect with other people. Network, not for client's sake, but, you know, long ago, Adam and I decided to build what we call the end-to-end network of innovative doers. And the fact of the matter is, is most of these people would otherwise be competitors, uh-huh. right? But they're, you know, they might have a niche subject matter experts um, in different areas like HR or health and safety or marketing, but they're consultants all the same. But we work with these guys, we brainstorm with these guys and we pull them in and man, having support, having other people who go through it, you can talk to, you can throw ideas against, or, you know, you get a contract that's just too big for your company to handle, you bring people in, having that team and because it's lonely, it can be lonely, right? And it can be a tough go. So connect with people. There's, it's not about, you know, oh, well, if I connect with them, they might take work away from me. No, no, they can add to you, right? The whole is truly greater than the sum of its parts, even when you're talking about entrepreneurs and networking. Other people have blazed these trails. So, you know, learn from them. So I don't know about you, but I know myself that, uh, you know, <laughs> being on your own and doing your own, uh, you know, you're um, being an entrepreneur and a small business owner takes a lot of time. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you go to a nine to five job, it's nine to five job. Boom, you're done. Right. And uh, <laughs> being an entrepreneur, those days can turn into 10, 12 hour days. How do you find uh, uh, the work-life balance. How do you juggle that in in as a small business owner? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like turning off sometimes isn't an option. But um, I personally, what I do is I set time aside to turn off. Whether I'm I'm out of range, but I mentally prepare myself. You know, for this time, you know, this is what I'm doing. A while back, I was doing this sort of self-discovery. And I, I was looking at, okay, here's my time wheel, 24 hours in a day. So much is sleep, so much is commute at the time commuting. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> so and I looked at my time wheel and I literally had tops two hours with my family a day, one hour in the morning and like an hour and a half at night. And I was I personally wasn't okay with that. I said that how do I change any of this? I looked at it and I said, well, no, I'm not going to keep my kid up to midnight. You know? <laughs> so what do I do? And I, I realized that I can't change how much time, but I can change being present. Yeah. And so I really changed for that time. I shut down. I said, this is my two hours. I put my phone away. I put the distractions away and I was present in that time. So the work life balance isn't always about how much time, but how present you are in the time that you have. Yeah, and I think the the other thing too about that is uh, I don't think people understand uh, how beneficial that can be for their actual work, right? Uh, Because we all need to uh, to have time to relax and and, and to be re-energized, so to speak, right? Yeah, but it's the expectations we have of ourselves, right? Yeah. It's, oh, I've gotta be doing this, I gotta be doing this, but you're so right, Mario, like, Funny enough, I always take maybe once a month a day out of my schedule for me to go hike. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
I do the same thing, actually. It's either hiking or, or going on a patio and having a beer somewhere. <laughs> right? But consistently, every day I take to hike, something big happens. Like something, something clicks, an answer comes, uh, you know, a client calls and says, hey, let's get started on that scope of work. And I just, I feel like it's an energy thing, right? See, that's a, that's, a, that's a great point because uh, one of the questions that uh, you know, are normally asked in, in these interviews is where the people's inspirations come from and ideas, et cetera. And I find it the same way. I, you know, when I go out and I try to go out on a daily walk, et cetera, I find that, that yeah, even though I'm kind of uh, away from, from the work, uh, things will just pop into my head, right? And, uh, yeah. And I, I find that with a lot of people is that sometimes they need to be away from that tunnel vision of, of what they're doing in their jobs and to, the, to let the ideas and creativity, creativity uh, flow, I guess. Totally. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like that's when things really, you never really turn off. As an entrepreneur, you never really turn off. Your mind is always going in the background, right? So we have to look at those as actual like beneficial to our company. It yeah. is. It really is. Uh, but, it, you know, we talk about entrepreneurs and ideas. Man, we never have, we're never for lack of ideas as entrepreneurs. We call it the shiny things effect, right? We want to chase every shiny thing and we have to make sure we're chasing the right shiny things, right? Because, you know, we want it. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. But we then we're executing on a hundred shiny things and it becomes non-realistic. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Caitlin, for joining us today. Thanks, Mario. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, great. That was Caitlin Bullock, who is co-founder of Enta Solutions in Calgary. This has been Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mario Taniguzzi. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years and their up-and-running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. Visit ebay.ca forward slash up-and-running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.